Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 65th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Today, we're going to be going over another hand from the 5,000 euro buy-in European Poker Tour main event I played recently. But first, be sure to check out my newest book, Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. This book is perhaps my best work. It is filled with advice from 18 professionals who have a lot of insight to give. You can get the book and a free bonus chapter, as well as access to the free webinars I will be doing with each of the authors at holdembook.com. So be sure to check that out. So in this hand, like I said, we are playing the 5,000 euro tournament. On the first hand of the day, um, this loose aggressive Asian guy ended up winning a big pot with four three of spades when he opened under the gun. Be sure to watch last week's episode. This is going to be a multiple part mini series where we will be going through a few hands from this tournament that all happened within the first few levels. So as you see, we are still playing at 75, 150. I have 27,000 chips after I lost a few chips with pocket jacks in the last, in the last episode. And I'm definitely going to raise pocket eights or if someone raises in front of me, I'm going to tend to call. So a good loose aggressive guy who lost half of his chips already makes it 350 from the hijack seat or sorry, the low jack seat. I call the hijack. Tight aggressive French guy calls the button. And loose aggressive Asian kid makes it 1350 in the big blind. So 1,000 more. This is the thing I had the 4-3 of spades earlier. So I think this could be a very wide range or very tight range. If you see this type of play in America from a random guy, it's almost always going to be a very strong hand because most people are not re-raising small out of position without a very good holding. And 1,000 more when the pot is already 1,000 is not very large. So I would not be shocked at all to see a premium hand. That being said, I do think that we are getting the right price to set mine. Well, we are purely getting the right price to set mine. And also my hand may be able to steal the pot occasionally whenever my opponent shows significant weakness. So initial loose aggressive guy folds, I call and the button, tight, tight aggressive French guy calls. Flop comes king nine nine, which is usually not what I'm looking for. Um, loose aggressive Asian kid bets 2,000 into the 4,500 pot. And I raise. This is a pretty standard spot to fold, I think, because it's quite likely that either the initial raiser or the guy on the button have connected with this. But I knew this player was a loose, aggressive Asian kid. I thought he was pretty active, and I thought I would be able to get him to fold pretty much every hand besides a king or better if I raise the flop and then bet the turn. I think that looks incredibly strong, and it will look exactly like I'm trying to get my stack in with a nine. And who knows? Maybe my opponent makes a nitty fold with a hand like king jack or maybe even a hand like ace king that he decides that I simply must have a nine to take this line. Because he certainly does not think I am crazy, but... I know that his range is so much wider than it typically should be that I think I can get away with this play. Um, this is definitely high risk, and I'm not going to say this is the you know quote-unquote right play, but especially if you have a read on your opponent or you think that your image is incredibly tight or straightforward, because obviously people play straightforwardly sometimes when deep stacked, uh, I, I think that this is a good hand to go ahead and turn into a bluff. Also notice if an 8 happens to peel off, I'll then have the nuts, so not a huge consideration but worth mentioning. So tight aggressive French guy on the button folds. Usually you want to have some read on this guy that he is weak before you make this play, because obviously if he's if he clearly has something he likes, you definitely do not want to be making this bluff. But I probably had to read that the tight aggressive French guy was effectively out of the pot. 
Um, and I also probably had to read that I thought the loose aggressive Asian kid was weak enough. So going with live reads in the spot, I think is very important. If you're not paying attention, you're not going to look for spots like this and you're simply not going to see them. Um, so yeah, I make it 4,700. A lot of people say, well, why not just call the flop and see what happens? And calling the flop makes it to where you never bluff your opponent off of a better hand. And it is quite possible that the opponent has something like pocket jacks and bet the flop, but now is in a miserable spot. Or even a hand like king jack is in a miserable spot because he does lose to all value hands. So it turns a six, which is a complete blank. King, nine, nine, six, I have pocket eights. Um... I'm still going to keep bluffing. I mean, whenever I raise the flop, it's not like I'm raising to protect or find out where I'm at or anything like that. I know I'm behind. Or at least I assume I'm behind. So the uh, loose aggressive Asian kid checks again. And at this point, I think I need to continue betting. I want to bet a size that looks like I'm trying to set up stacks to get in by the river. So the pot's 13,800. I think anything around between 6,000 and 8,000, I think is pretty acceptable. I think both of those bets look very strong. And we'll steal the pot a huge percentage of the time. If my opponent does call, uh, I'm probably going to go with a read on the river as to whether or not I think I can get him to fold a king, if I even think he has a king. If I think he has a king and he's never folding, I'm, of course, never going to bluff. But I imagine when I make this bet on the turn, I am forcing my opponent to make a decision right here as to whether or not he's going to call my turn bet plus my river bet. And that's a very good thing you want to look for. You're effectively leveraging the 7,000 chip bet to make your opponent think he's going to have to put in the full 21,000. And if you can put your opponent in that miserable situation, it's a very good risk-reward situation. So I'm risking um, 7,000 to win the 14,000 pot, which is already a reasonably good, cheap-ish bluff. And my opponent feels like he has to put in the whole, well, a, a stack equal to mine in order to win this pot. So I like this. This is a very aggressive line that I think will steal the pot most of the time. And if my opponent does call, I'm probably giving up, but he folds, which is exactly what I wanted to see. And we scoop a nice pot. And I want to make it clear. This is not something I am typically doing, but whenever you have reads on your opponent, such that your opponent is so far out of line that he should not have a lot of Kings or even nines in his range, he should have all sorts of junk. Don't be afraid to get a little bit out of line and try to steal pots that do not belong to you. So that's going to be it for this week's episode. Again, be sure to check out Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. There are a lot of chapters in this book dealing exclusively with high-level poker tournaments against thinking players. And there are also a lot of chapters dealing with thinking and playing against amateurs. Um, Chris Moneymaker's chapter, for example, deals with adjusting to various players and small-stakes events, whereas Scott Clements' chapter deals with how to generally play in relatively tough high stakes tournaments. So a very wide range of material in this book, but I'm confident that if you play poker at all, you will find something incredibly beneficial in this book. So check it out again. You can get the book and access to all the free materials that come along with it at holdembook.com. H O L D E M B O O K.com. Thank you much. Thank you very much for being here this week. And I will talk to you next time.